0: time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. Officially live, and everyone, thank you for listening in and joining and watching Workflow Wednesday. This is a series put on by Photographer's Edit and the Boca podcast. And I'm here yet again with my friends, Rich and Heather Smith and Haley Gaffin. And today we're joined by a new guest, Renee Bowen. Thank you so much, Renee, Hi. for making time to hang out with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, and for those of you that have been listening, um, I, I know that you know this, but just very quick 10-second review. Workflow Wednesday is about just that workflow, we all are involved in a day-to-day basis as photography business owners in some type of workflow. The question is, how efficient is that workflow, number one? And then two, can we make it any efficient, any more efficient? And that's kind of the focus of our, our discussion here on this series. Usually every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, we go out to Facebook Live. For those of you that might be listening to the podcast version right now, you can go to facebook.com slash photogs, edit, P-H-O-T-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. And uh, if you want to hear the podcast version, and of course the other episodes that we put out for Boca, you can go to Boca, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com and uh, see the various episodes, the show notes, all the resources that we mentioned, thanks to Haley, does an incredible job with that. And uh, the link to the actual podcast episodes there, the audio version. So check that out. But uh, I'm going to turn this over to Rich and Heather and let them introduce Renee today for our show. What's up,
2: guys?
1: Hey. What's up, Renee? How are you? I'm good.
2: How are you guys? Uh good, good. Um, so uh so yeah, I I guess my role is to um not everybody knows who you are, so uh, I'm here to introduce you. Awesome, thanks. You feel relaxed, No nerves. No. Yeah, good, I do. good, good, nice. Nice. Right, so uh, so I was on your website, um reneebowen.com, yeah. and I'm so jealous. My last name is Smith. So like yeah. get, get, to get richsmith.com was just like impossible.
1: So, oh, no, uh, it took me forever to get ReneeBowen.com. You don't understand. Like, I, it, it was like some woman in the Midwest who made dolls owned okay. oh. <laughs> And every so often, I would just visit her, her website and just be like, oh, this is such a sad little site. Like, can I, I really could do so much more with this. And so I just kind of kept watching it and I finally, I was finally able to buy it. But that was like a long time after I'd been in business. So it was, Reneeville and photography.com for a long time. Oh, nice. So nice. your patience paid off. Yeah. Okay. yeah
2: richsmith.com Rich uh, is uh, a lounge singer in California. <laughs> 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 and and, uh, and uh, I feel the same way. It's, it's a very sad site. I'm like, I can do so much more with this thing. and uh, But he keeps renewing it every year.
1: Believe me, yeah. I keep He's I don't, dedicated. I don't know. Have you yeah. him and,
0: like, asked him if you could buy it from him or anything of the sort? No, no, no. You
1: should. I, it's a long game. I tried to tell my husband to do that too because my husband's an actor and he wanted his name. And some financial guy in Australia has his name. So he's like, "I really need my web. You know, I really need yeah. my domain name." But I'm like, "Just, just email him. Like, what's the worst he's going to say? No, you know, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: true. I so I mean, of all of the the names in the world, Holritz, H-O-L-R-I-T-Z. My last name is quite unusual, and there are literally yeah. only maybe about ten fam- Holritz families in the whole U.S. Wow. Somebody happened to have purchased, one of the existing Holritz's. has happened to purchase Holritz.com.
3: Yeah.
0: And it was some, he's, he's got some kind of conservative political slant, and it was a blog of sorts that he was occasionally posting to. wasn't even regularly using. And I reached out to him to try to purchase it. This was years ago. And dude just wouldn't sell it. And I ended up reaching yeah. out, I think, multiple times, and it just didn't happen. So I, I kind of gave up after
1: that. <laughs> thanks. So nice. anyway,
0: um, kudos to you for being able to actually get that. that thanks. <laughs> nice work. Did you find, yeah. though, and on a serious note or slightly serious, more serious note, did you find that it made any difference in your brand's visibility when you took the photography off the end of it?
1: By that point, no, because I had already established my brand pretty solid where, I, you know, in my area. So I just kind of, I kept your in photography and just pointed it to it. But um, I also own other now I own a lot of different domains because, you know, I don't want anyone taking my name. Like as soon as the uh, Renee Bowen dot photography came out, I was like, that's mine. So I'm um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, I'm kind of techie like that. So that's-
0: I totally get it. I own, I, I, yeah. I own gobs of domains that I, I don't know if I'll ever use. But Exactly.
1: Like, exactly. But just in case. No, you, you just got to have it in case. So <laughs> I don't really think that I noticed necessarily. um you know better seo or more traffic i mean i, I kind of always wanted renee bowen.com because and i'm so glad that i kind of had that sore thought because when i first started obviously i was you know doing photography that was my goal is to build this brand and this business and this niche of senior portraits but kind of somewhere in the back of my head i guess i had the i don't know the intuition that, you know, what if I decided to branch out at some point? What if I decided to, 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 you know, do more than just photography? So I wanted to be able to just have Renee Bowen so that I could have like that and then I can create everything else on that platform, which is cool because now I'm kind of moving into the education part of it. And so I don't have to really do anything different, which is really cool. That's really Thanks. cool that you just mentioned that your niche is senior uh, yeah. senior photography.
3: Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be your niche? Was it from the very beginning? Was
1: that your passion, or is that something that you kind of honed in on over time? It definitely wasn't from the very, very beginning, because I've kind of been a photographer for a really long time. I mean, I shot films when it was, okay. like, actually like our only choice. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I grew up, my, you know, my dad. Um, as a photographer. So I always kind of was around that world. And I was always interested in it. But um, you know, I went to college, got a degree in psychology. So it was I started as an art major, got really off track, got a got a psych degree, which actually comes in very, very handy with my clients um, and my kids. But <laughs> it wasn't until later that I picked up the cameras again. And like I said, my husband's an actor. So I think it was when my first son was born in 98. And I still, you know, I had my film camera and I was shooting headshots for my husband. I mean, I had this whole base of actors that I was shooting headshots for on film and I loved it. And it was a great little thing for me to do and also be a mom. But, Hmm. you know, I was still in that phase of like, where am I really going with this? Like, am I going to go back to school and get a master's? Like, am Mm -hmm. I going to, I was still sort of kind of feeling out what exactly I wanted to do. I always had a passion for photography, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't a realistic yet view of a career for me. And it wasn't until I had twins two years later that I was like, okay, we got to like, cause I had three kids under the age of two at this point point, wow. wow. and my older wow. son has autism. So it was like having triplets and wow. my husband's an actor. So we have these like this really weird life in California. And I said, you know what? I can do this. I love doing it. So let me see what I can, can make out of this. And I decided you know, where I'm from in the suburbs of California, like we lived in Hollywood. And then once we had all these kids, we moved out to the suburbs really quickly for the schools. So here I am in the suburbs and I'm originally from Louisiana and I have all these other photographer uh, photographer friends where senior portraits are like the thing, but it wasn't at all where Mm -hmm. I was from, like at all. Nobody, nobody had their senior portraits done in the way that I was wanting to shoot them. And I found that so odd because it's Southern California. We have sun year round. You know, you can shoot location. Like, why? Why wasn't this a thing? Everybody was just going to their schools, contracted photographer, and they hated the pictures. Um, so I decided I'm going to start this niche here because nobody was doing it. It was like a really great challenge for me at that point. Um, how, so how, that's how I started. Yeah. How, how long ago was this? I first started in 2007. It didn't really like take off until like 2009-ish mm-hmm. because I had to have, I had to like really teach people what this was, you know? I mean, no one here, they were like, what do you mean senior portraits? And I had to kind of create this brand from the foundation up of what this meant and why this was special, why this was important. And So yeah, you're saying really cool.
3: that, so you're saying that not only were the seniors in the high schools not having their photos creatively taken on location, but there weren't photographers who were specializing right. in that as well. It right. just was completely an unmet okay, yeah All right
0: yeah wow. that that was back kind of in the days of where Life Touch and Olin Mills yeah. and those companies were bigger, right
1: yeah, yeah, and I mean, still to this day, what's really interesting, because you know a lot of people ask me, well, you know. My clients still can't use the photos that I take of them. They can't put them in the yearbooks unless they pay for an ad or something like that. So they're not actually even using these photos still to this day as their senior portrait
4: Hmm. in
1: the yearbook. So they still have to go to their contracted photographer and the drape and the tux and put that in the yearbook. But everyone hates them. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, why are we still doing this? And I actually was approached by one of the big high schools here a few years ago and asked me if I wanted to do this whole contracted thing. And I was like, I don't want to shoot five hundred kids in one school. And that's not my brand. That's not what I wanted to, to do. So I I kind used to of-
0: shoot for life touch. It's it can be brutal for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So it wasn't my thing. And 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 so yeah, it's been really interesting because what I do is, it's funny because what I do when you look at it as a whole is completely, really unnecessary in a lot of ways because it's not something that's needed. It's not a need. It's mm. not a necessity. Okay. However, it's, it's this really awesome addition to their senior year. And now my brand is pretty solid where I live. So, um, you know, it just kind of built every year, every year. And I... <laughs> kind of started with this model program, so I kind of take a few seniors every year and create an even more um, special experience for them because we can go deeper and we can shoot more and we can, you know, um, I get to know them a little bit more. So for me, it also feeds that psychology aspect of my brain because I love that and I love connecting and finding out more about people and seeing the dynamics between the moms and the daughters. And Mm -hmm. So it's more than just pictures, you know?
0: Which is huge. I mean, that, and that's something we've been talking about in the podcast more uh, as of late, which is the significance of experience over just taking pretty pictures. Absolutely. Pretty much anybody now can take at least a decent picture yeah. thanks to these wonderful little things. Yeah. And, and uh, for those of you not watching the video, I just held up my iPhone, but uh, there, <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: th- the idea of being able to take a great picture is much more an accessible idea to a larger number of people. So That being the case, what are we doing to actually set ourselves apart? It's not going to be a Lightroom preset or Photoshop action because most photographers are using the same ones. What is it actually going to be? And at the end of the day, the experience is truly what will help set us apart. It's made up of different components, and we're going to get into a bit more of the detail of that experience that you create for your senior photography clients um, here in just a little bit. Uh, I want to switch gears here just for a second, though. Yeah. as much as we want to get into valuable educational information here on these episodes, I also like just to have some conversation. And I'm particularly curious of what is kind of front and center in your mind these days when it comes to our photography industry. This is a section that we're kind of loosely calling the industry snapshot, but what is a, what's a piece of news that you've either seen regarding camera technology or a conversation that you see as a common conversation in some of the, the social media forums? Uh, what is front and center in your mind as far as industry news these days?
1: Well, as far as like the tech goes, I mean, obviously I think that the thing that's probably most on the forefront of most of our minds, I think that we hear a lot is the whole mirrorless situation mm. and how, you know, there's a whole bunch of photographers, you know, oh my God, I've got like, you know, I've invested all this money in all of these, these cameras. And are we really doing this? Are we really like selling all our cameras and going mirrorless? And so I, I hear a lot about that in a lot of different forums. Um, Rich and Heather,
0: you haven't made the switch yet, right? no. And and Haley, neither I haven't have you have not either. And you haven't either, Renee. Okay. Mm-mm. Interesting. No, so I what's mean your I D
1: five. You know, I mean, I shoot with my I am a Nikon shooter. I've shot Nikon film. Um so Go Nikon. I, yeah, I've always been <laughs> a Nikon shooter. And I, I love my camera. I mean, I have like the 810, the seven fifty, the D five. I I that's where I, you know, I get it. The only reason I want that Nikon mirrorless is for that lens. So oh, okay. You know, my, which I think I'm probably going to justify it because um, my son, who's 20, my older son with autism, he's he's in college now and he loves photography, like loves it. And he's actually really, really good.
4: That's so
1: cool. it's been really cool to watch him, like be able to express himself that way. And mm. he really wants that Nikon. So I think maybe I can get it for him. <laughs> and then I can just kind of, you know. And it can go missing once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Where did it go? (laughs) Exactly. So I do want to play with it. You know, I definitely want to experiment with it. But I don't, you know, it's just like when iPhones first came out. Like, you guys, you know, remember probably, like, when as soon as the iPhone cameras got better, every photographer started to, like, freak out. And I was like, okay, if you're freaking out because of that, then it goes back to what you were saying before, Nathan, about, like, what are you offering that, you know, an iPhone can replace? Like if you, it, what sets you apart? Great if you not set yourself apart enough,
3: yeah.
1: then none of that gear matters. <laughs> I mean, I'm really a big believer that the gear doesn't matter anyway, because mm-hmm. there is a lot of photographers out there, younger photographers especially, who are shooting with the, like, oldest and broken. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen this, this one, he's an amazing, like, tour photographer, and he shoots with, like, not great gear, but his imagery is amazing. So it's not the gear, you know? And I tell people that all the time, don't freak out. Yeah. Here's fun, but it's not. That's not the deal breaker.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, we, I have some. I, I have Uncle Bob's at my weddings every once in a while. That yeah. really have, they literally have better equipment than I do. Yeah. yeah. And then and then later on, I, I see their images on Facebook because they tag you know tag my client at them, and uh, their images are horrible. I mean, like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah. so I, I I learned long ago that I, I'm not intimidated by somebody who has better equipment than me. That means nothing.
4: <laughs>
1: I agree. Yeah,
4: we just got a bunch of likes when you said that, Rich, about
1: <laughs> 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 on, on, on
4: Facebook. It's a common problem, I know, yeah. A
0: bunch of, of
2: a Uncle Bobs problem. are probably putting the thumbs down, you know.
0: Well, <laughs> I love your perspective on that, on just the topic in general, Renee, but particularly the philosophy behind that. And, and I think that question sums it up beautifully. If you aren't doing something... That sets mm-hmm. the experience that you give your client apart from somebody who can who can shoot with. I mean, whether it's an iPhone or a camera that's better than exactly. yours, then you need to be taking some time and taking a step back and looking at how you're actually running your business. Because at the end of the day, the experience is um, going to be the differentiating factor for sure. Uh, you know, th- the reality is, even if we as photographers can look at someone's photograph and say that that particular image is good for this list of 10 reasons... of our clients aren't going to do that. They don't really care that much uh, if we can give them a great experience. Of course, the example that we always use is is that, I mean, as a wedding photographer myself for over 10 years, um, to have clients come up to me midday or three quarters of the way through the day or whatever it might be and say, you are an amazing photographer. Thank you so much for being here. And they haven't seen one of my pictures, speaks loudly uh, in, in context of this conversation to the significance of the experience that we give our clients through the way that we behave engage with them and are present there at the wedding day or at the portrait session. So I think it's a powerful conversation that bears repeating. So I'm glad we went there again. Haley, I'm going to turn it over to you just to kind of introduce the topic for um, our our workflow Wednesdays this month, and then we're going to get into it with Renee.
4: Yeah. So this month we are focusing all on client experience, uh, whether it's through the workflows that you set up behind the scenes or the experience that you put on with your client in person. Um, We've just had tons of photographers reach out and say they wanted to create a better experience for their clients. Um, And so when I actually, Renee reached out to me and said that she had an idea for a podcast episode and it was like right as we were planning this and she kind of walked through her process with her clients and I just said, I know exactly what we need you on here for. so." So I just knew as soon as she reached out that she would be a perfect fit for this series.
0: That's perfect and and, as I said earlier, literally everything we da- do day to day and at the actual shoots you alluded to this haley is part of our our work, obviously, and ultimately, there is a flow to it, or maybe there's not a flow to it. The goal here is to create a more efficient workflow and this month we're talking specifically at how that relates to the experience that we give our clients and so that being said, renee um this is I mentioned this to you before we before we went live on Facebook, but you know that Normally, I have a kind of a list of questions that I ask our guests. I'm just going to open the floor to you to literally walk us through this experience. I mean, you've created a workflow that guides your senior clients' experience with your brand, and um, I just want to let you share that step-by-step process, maybe literally from the time that you book to the time that you shoot, and then the delivery of the product, what that actually looks like so our listeners can get a better idea, not only how to give their their clients a better experience, and, and this is what we're spending so much time talking about right now but ultimately how to dial in their workflow in order to enable that kind of experience.
1: Okay, awesome, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've kind of gotten this system down over the years, and of course, as everything else, it it evolved and changed, and a lot of what I had to do, I had to, it was trial by error, you know? Yeah. But um, I'm a really big believer in systems and automation, if possible, because, you know I'm a one-woman show as most of us are. Like we may have a couple people helping us, but you know, it's me. So I needed to find a way to not kill myself doing this. <laughs> um you That'll know be good. that's like yeah. a big thing. Like I hear about people all the time saying, you know, oh my God, I spend so much time editing or I spend so much time walking through my client. And I always tell people like you need to sit down, especially as like a boutique photographer like I am. I mean I made that decision early on that I didn't want to be a high volume photographer, that just wasn't what I, I'm more interested in creating relationships with people and experiences. So, I only shoot about 50 to 60 seniors a year, and I want, I say so how can I, how can I make that as efficient as possible, hmm. um, but also as valuable as possible for my clients, because, I'm a big believer in just adding value and underpromising and overdelivering. So,
0: Can I ask just really one yeah. really quick question off yeah. the bat? And, and I want to respect our time and make sure that uh, we respect everybody else's time, too. But I, there's something that comes to mind when you talk about shooting 50 to 60 weddings a year. Something that we've talked before or that I've mentioned before on the podcast is the reality if for most full-time professional photographers who are shooting portraits, um, in many cases, certainly weddings, let's say 20 to 30 weddings a year. Um, I think is that if we have our workflows dialed in, we should be able to work in as little as 20 to 25 hours a week on average. I wonder about your thoughts on that. And what, if you're shooting 50 to 60 portrait sessions a, a year, how many hours a week do you give to your business? If right. you don't mind sharing.
1: Well, so it varies, but I always tell people to do that. I was going to actually touch on that when senior portrait photographers come to me to, to ask me that. I, you know, I ask them, like, you need to sit down and write out every single thing that you do with that client from first lead generation to how how much time you spend on emails, how much time you spend with them on the phone, if you do in-person consults, if you're styling them. What does that look like at the end of the day? How many hours are you spending with one client? Hmm. And then break it down on how much you're making and see what you're really bringing home because it might feel like you're making, you know, you're, if you've got like a $1,500, $2,000 sale, you might feel like you did okay. But at the end of the day, if you're spending 90 hours with that person, it's not that great. So, you know, I'm, I've kind of created my brand so that it is higher, um, more of experience and more high end. Right. So, you know, I don't spend, I have different days for different things. Mondays are notoriously, I don't like to shoot on Mondays very much. Mondays are like my marketing and business day. So that's the day that I kind of set aside to do marketing, social media planning, things like that, get it to my virtual assistant, stuff that I need to do for that week to push it out. And, um, and I used to spend a ton of time on all of this but in the last like three years i've been really hardcore about cutting that off you know i've got kids i want to spend time with my family the whole reason i created this career for myself was that so i could be a yes. mom and be there for my kids and still make money
0: 100 support
1: a family so um it's a balance and at first when you first start out i know it's it's hard to find that balance because you're still learning you're still trying to figure out that your style And Mm -hmm. you you've got to you've got to sit down and really look at how much time you're spending on this. So, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit different than weddings than what I do, just because there is there's a lot more communication that happens, I think, before, but also throughout the whole process. I mean, a lot of times I end up holding my client's hands kind of literally, um, you know, but I've created the systems like I was saying before, I created a lot of digital content. For my clients to consume, which I found was the best way for me to not spend so much time, you know, on the computer or with them, um, so that my hourly rate is much better than what I need it to be. Yeah. So a lot of that digital content, you know, a lot of people still like to do in the senior portrait world, and that's totally fine. This is this is really just depends on what you want to do. A lot of them will do in-person consults um, and talk to them beforehand. I found that that just eats up a lot of time for me and that I can get so much of that communicated beforehand. So, um, I'm really good at email communications and I also create little videos for them too. So a lot are of this, those,
0: are those videos, videos that you create ahead of time, like it's kind yeah. of template communication. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, but sometimes it's just like, I'll just record a little video. I have a lot of times you have to kind of think about our client too. So my client, it's a little bit different for me because I have a senior and I have a mom. So I have to market to both and I have to communicate in the way that they understand that communication, if that makes sense.
4: Sure, sure. And
1: my client, my senior clients have changed a lot over the last 10 years. I mean, those were late millennials and now I'm shooting Generation Z. It's a whole different ballgame. These kids grew up on YouTube. They, that's how they're they respond to YouTube. They respond to videos. They want to hear you like explain it real quick interesting they have an attention span like this right so um the moms when it's notorious when i because i send out this all these emails with list, you know things to, to prep for and the moms will print them out and when i get to them and you know the day they shoot the moms have them printed out and they're checked off and the senior would never do that like that's not going to happen for my senior client but it's a two-part situation you got to have both to have a successful you know a lot of my uh, photographer friends will ask me how do you get your clients to show up looking you know great like how do you get them to show up with the right wardrobe how do you... it's all prep it's mm-hmm. all communication and it's all prep and so you can't just leave that to them you can't yeah. just okay yeah. we have a shoot next week hope to, hope you got hope you're good you can't do that like you know the whole experience is that i'm guiding them through this right. entire experience so
0: so, so it, I know that we could go a lot of different directions with yeah. this. The communication piece is a, is a huge topic um, and quite interesting. Actually, what you're saying in some ways mirrors um, what last week's guest, Laura, was, Laura Neff, was talking about. And she's created how many different pieces, like 162 different pieces of, of content, something to that effect that goes out to clients that she works with. I mean, talk yeah. about proactive in communication, understanding what her clients need and providing it without them even having to ask and managing expectations, making sure they fully understand the whole process. Process along the way. I think it's really, really important, but I want to make this, um, I guess, a little bit more consumable for our listeners and our viewers both and, and do so in a way that, that flows. So let me, let's actually just start literally from the beginning. That okay. client books you. What, is, what does the process look like from there to the shoot to, to the delivery of the product? Kind of take a step by step through that, if you will.
1: Okay. So usually most of my leads will come from, you know, I, have, uh, I use Tave. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that correct. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I I <laughs> yeah. I think anybody knows. Yeah, I have for years. Uh, and so, you know, I've got a form on my website. It comes in through that. It goes right into my system there. And uh, I could set up an automation for an immediate email to go out to them, which I have done in the past. But lately I've been liking having the actual physical manual. Like I've got a template set up for that first email. Because okay. uh, the first email that goes out to my client is is not just, hey, what kind of session are you looking for? It's like a very detailed email. Again, I think I'm a really big believer in communication. I think the more you communicate clearly and manage expectations, the better you're gonna be off. Like your client has to know from the get-go what to expect from you. Sure. So, um, so I'm not just giving them my information like my senior magazine and that's all in there, but I also explain and you know, why I do what I do, how long I've done it. It's not like super detailed. It's just a little bit of information about, hey, this is why this is so meaningful. This is why this kind of experience, you know, is sought after, this this is why. So um, I kind of give them a little bit of meaning and then we go into all that information. I send them the uh, PDF, because I do have a PDF that I've created for the um, Senior Portrait Magazine. So it kind of, that magazine contains you know, frequently asked questions, again, more information to go deeper in why I do what I do if they want to consume that. Uh, this and then, magazine of course,
0: what think, you said, what, what did you call the magazine again?
1: It's a senior portrait magazine that I created. Basically it's a oh, PDF. You okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Really yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. So it's a PDF. It's uh, I think it's like 16, 17 pages. It's not super long, but it's, you know, it's got some samples of my work in there. Uh, It's flippable online. You know, they can just kind of open it and just flip through it. And so that's there for them if they want to go deeper with that information that I've given them in that email. And I just don't want to ever have a client say, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that your sessions had a minimum order. I didn't know what I was getting into. And I hear that a lot. And I I don't ever want that to happen with my clients. I want them to know upfront what they're going to get from me and why. So that comes in
3: first is the first contact uh, to you typically from directly from the senior or from a parent, from a mom, It's
1: both, it's both actually. And if I had to probably put a percentage on it, I would say, I would probably say it might be 60, 40 moms, you know, like, um, but it does seem pretty even to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. And it kind of depends, but uh, I'm always, you know, if the senior is reaching out to me, first thing I do is ask them for a parent email, obviously like that, the parent has to get this information Mm -hmm. as well. But, um, but yeah, most of the time, you know, sometimes it's the moms and then I'll just kind of she'll loop her daughter into it. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I go through all that with the first email. Um, And I also have a lot of this on my website too. I don't have my full pricing on my website, but I have starting points. So that also helps sort of, not weed out is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like kind Mm -hmm. of tells people immediately, whether this is for them, whether this is feasible for them, whether they can afford it, whether they want it or not. Mm -hmm. And, and that, I did it on purpose so that I didn't have people who couldn't really do this figure out later that they couldn't really do it. You know what I mean? So Saving them time and saving me time. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not for everybody. I get that. So, um, you know, I have three different sessions. And so there are different levels to the investment, but still, you know, I, I I want people to know a starting point. So, Mm uh, so I send that out. Um, they get that. And then basically, you know, if I don't hear back from them within a day or so, I'm going to check in with them. I'll either email them again or call them, you know, shoot them a text, uh, say, Hey, I want to make sure you got the information, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so once the client books with me, they're in this system, um, they say, they kind of let me know, okay, here's the session that I want. Again, this this, this could be automated super easy in Tave, where I send them just a proposal with all three of them and they pick the one and everything is kind of done for them. But it takes me two seconds to just give them that little bit of extra personal touch, like mm-hmm. interaction, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So um, I want them to tell me, okay, yeah, I'm interested in this session. Then I'll just go ahead and that's all automated set up in my system so i just have to kind of shoot them that email and i can do that from anywhere from my phone so they book online there's a there's a contract that they sign they pay a deposit and then they're booked um so once that happens i have a welcome packet that i'll send out a physical welcome packet that i'll send to my client because i still really think that people people like getting mail and i mean it's very rare these days for these my younger clients to get mail so Hmm. i think it's really fun for them to get something in the mail from me and have Um, they given
0: that kind of feedback to you
1: yeah yeah that's interesting yeah i mean i send them this stuff digitally too so they're getting it they're getting a digital version of like how to prep but i also have a little pdf it's not super big it just basically kind of tells them here's what to expect it also has like a sample of what announcements look like and a little um, one sheeter of like albums because albums are like by far my biggest seller. Like pretty much every client buys an album. Wow. because the way that I shoot, I'm t- I, I tell the story of the day. So they want a lot of images. And most people here in Southern California don't have huge houses that we can put huge wall hangings on it's just not it's not feasible but they Mm -hmm. want them in a book so um so books are really really like and I don't sell books I sell albums if you know that you know what I mean like so um I call them books but they're not photo books they're actual albums so we can go into that in a second but basically I send them some pre-information so that they know what to expect when we sit down for the ordering session like here's the kind of stuff that you're gonna be presented with. Here's the kind of stuff that you're going to want to get. Um, and, and you're then, sending
0: that out to them even before the shoot?
1: Right. After they book. Okay. Yeah. After they after book. They okay. book. Right. So once they're booked in my system, then they get a little welcome packet. Um, and I have like some chapstick, branded chapsticks, and I get lanyards and pop sockets for them. And I put them all, put that in there and send it to them. Cool. And, uh, and then a lot of times, most times my clients will book me months in advance. So, a few months will go by before we're going to meet in person or anything like that. I always give them the option of, Hey, you guys want to, you know, I, like I said, I don't do in-person consults, but when I send them that prep email, because the, the welcome packet has that in there, but then I also send them an email that walks them through how to prepare for their session. And I send that to them a couple weeks after they're booked usually uh, just to kind of give them a heads up, like, Hey, you're going to need to make sure, you know, you get, um, your wardrobe situated. And then I kind of walk them through options on how to do that. Like maybe some ideas and here's a look for this. I have a whole what to wear guide. That's a PDF that that's a really big one, but it's only PDF version online. So I send that, I send them, I created um, a makeup and hair guide because I include makeup in every session. And I have since the beginning and I wanted to do that for a lot of different reasons. Um, mainly, not just because girls really like having their makeup done. It adds a little bit more to the experience, but it also sets the tone for for the shoot because a lot of girls don't wear a lot of makeup and that's totally fine. Like I'm not, and I tell them that first off, I'm not here to make you look like somebody you're not. I'm not mm-hmm. here to put a whole bunch of makeup on you to make you look like a 35 year old woman. That's not the goal. Like right. if you see anyone in my images with a lot of makeup, it was their choice. Okay. So. You know i'm there to just give them a good base because i'm shooting outside a lot of natural light i don't want their faces to be washed out i would like definition and faces and so i kind of explain to them you know why that's important from mm. that standpoint as well okay. but it also adds more value to this to, to the experience for them because it's fun and um so I, I sent him this entire guide this 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 whole guide on makeup and hair that my makeup artist Jamie and I created together so we did a video which is really cool um, we did a video and it's like a time lapse so we start out it's three different looks there's like the naked the bump up and then um, the, I think it's the the glam yeah so it's three different versions so it shows them a video of what it would look like and we sped it up and put it to music and it's super fun and, That's and then really I great. Made, yeah and then I made a guide that By the way,
0: Rich is itching to watch that video and, and- <laughs> to try on himself here very soon.
1: I'll send I, 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 I need all the help I can get. Glam. <laughs> yes. No,
3: I'll
1: send Julie. I'll um, I
2: feel, I, I feel very washed out right now. So.
1: <laughs>
3: Renee, can I interject a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, intrigued sure. by this idea that um, you typically don't do an in-person consultation. And yeah. I'm just wondering if you feel that you are thorough enough on your website to where you're drawing the right client for you to you to where the in-person consult's not necessary or they just know, they feel like they know you. They've obviously can see your work on your website, but what is it that you feel like you're communicating with them beforehand to allow them to feel confident enough to make this investment sight unseen without yeah. actually having met you in person and you
1: know experienced whether you guys gel? Yeah. That's a, question. No, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so you know, my hopes with my website is that they can get a good enough feel for what they're gonna get. But there's also what helps with that a lot for me um, are Instagram stories, Instagram highlights. And I in the email that I send them, I tell them, please go check out my Instagram highlights because I've got so much of me talking, so much of me, like you can literally get a feel for who someone is if you if they have enough content there for you to consume. Sure. So, you know, yeah. I always point them there. You know, if you have any questions, reach out it's very rare that I get a client who says, you know what, I still want to meet in person. And of course I will, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's rare. Mm-hmm. And most people, they don't have the time either with their schedules. These girls are like so overbooked. Mm-hmm. Um, the moms usually work. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's hard logistically to make those meetings happen mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. we're meeting at eight o'clock at night. And I don't want to really give up my nights to do that no. to be honest with you. So, um, if and I Renee, have, we're
0: smiling because um just, <laughs> yeah. just this past week um there there was quite some some quite humorous conversation around uh not just Rich actually, myself too. <laughs> I've been I've been off Instagram stories for a little while, but we were both kind of jumping in, Rich for the first time, me for kind of the second time, back into Instagram stories and trying to develop a little bit more presence. Rich, did you um to <laughs> to to that point, have you been present on your Instagram stories in the last couple of days?
2: Oh, you know the answer to this, you know. This.
3: <laughs> Renee, we're aging ourselves a little um, bit, but we're we're going on twelve years of business, and sometimes R- Renee
2: just said uh, um, Instagram highlights, and so like yeah. now I got now I got something else
3: to
1: learn.
2: So uh, so so. Re-
1: okay, I'm re- probably older than all of you guys, so I oh, don't me that. Don't oh,
2: my goodness, um, true so, Good uh, point. Uh,
0: in all seriousness, though, though I, it, your point is an interesting one, Ray, which is that the people—I mean, there's there's two elements here. One, people can get to know someone relatively well yeah. through that so, so, through the various social media platforms, especially if you are using video. But then, yep. two, you are dealing with a demographic, uh, particularly with the young kids in in high school, absolutely not particularly interested in going and scheduling a sit down meeting somewhere. So no, they're
1: not. It and makes they sense. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I tell people that I mentor all the time. If you're not on social media, I don't care how old you are. If you're shooting seniors, yeah, Rich, better get in their <laughs> mind because they are not going to trust you. Mm. If you are not in line with what they are used to the
0: culture that they know yeah the culture yeah. is
1: huge and i'm I'm like a big geek on this whole generational marketing thing like i love it because it's like ties into like the whole psychology thing i've been researching generation z for like four or five years and i've been writing articles about it for that long because not only because my kids are that age yep. but because i think it's extremely fascinating the changes it's a purely digital generation so if you're not communicating to them in a digital way they don't really understand what the hell you're talking about. Hmm. So, you know, but again, these moms are like Gen Xers, like me. So I got them. Like, I know how to communicate to them. It's the, it's, it's the younger kids. And so, yeah, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by social media, but that literally that is how I built my business. Like on the early days of Facebook before, I mean that when, when my clients were still on Facebook, cause they're not anymore. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, that's how I built my business. And so I still use social media as a very, very integral part of communicating who I really authentically am. And that's the other thing. If you're not like, if you're shooting seniors and you're not being authentic, no, They'll read through it. Good They'll luck. Cause they it. can smell somebody fake a mile away yeah. and that is not going to fly. So you, yeah. authenticity is valued highly right now. Interesting. And okay. that yeah.
0: This is, this was a, it was a, interesting kind of uh, direction to go in the conversation and a good reminder honestly for me too um, it, it's something that I'm trying to do a, a bit more of both for the brand and and beyond uh, Rich you and I both we have to we have to be more consistent with our Instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not super fun. You get used to it after a while, but it's after a little
0: bit. Well, you know, yeah. the thing that was and I think we may have mentioned this last last week on on the podcast as well. But the thing that was particularly telling to me when we were having a conversation with Rin, Lauren, who is a, a photographer locally, and she's going to be on the show next week. Is that right, Haley?
2: Yeah, That's so good. I've, I've got so many questions.
0: <laughs> she, she'll be able to speak to this when she comes on, but um, it's very relevant to this conversation. Renee, you're talking about efficiency and not wanting your life to be eaten up by business. Right, right, and right. Ren is extremely active on Instagram, particularly in stories, and has essentially done exactly what you said, which is to build her business um, or continue to run her business through Instagram. I mean that's yeah. where she's getting her, her business. But the thing that she pointed out using of course the new stats application that's in yeah. built into your iPhone now was that she's only spending about an average of an hour a day on Instagram. Yeah. Which was amazing to yeah. me because absolutely. I just looking at her Instagram account, I'm thinking she's probably on there oh, nonstop yeah. commenting and posting and doing all this an hour a day. And if an hour a day is all you have to do to literally build a whole business, hmm, that's absolutely. not a bad that's not a bad investment. So that, absolutely I, I think it's an well, interesting That's a good point, point
3: because what's always turned me off to social media is that I don't want another reason to be on my phone. I'm already sure. feeling. Like, I think a lot of us are already feeling like, especially okay. those of us who didn't grow up with a device in our in our face. Yeah, we feel the we feel the overuse of it. We feel the. Um, You know, the addictive qualities of it. And so most of us aren't wanting more reasons to be on. So that's really interesting that you said that, Nathan. And I'm you know, I feel like that's an area that we need to grow in our business. And we need to figure out how to build it into our workflow in such a way that it is. It doesn't feel overwhelming and it doesn't feel like we're ignoring our kids, you know,
1: automate, automate it. There's so many uh, schedulers that you can use. And that's what I do. You know, yeah. I schedule my stuff out usually for the week, and then I'll pop on here yeah. and there and do in the moment stuff. But you can schedule most of your content yeah. online now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
2: I think uh, what you're, you're talking about um, authenticity, like, like kids just can see fake. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I think my biggest thing that I just got to get over with Instagram stories is that. I don't feel like there's anything that I do on my day-to-day basis that anybody would want to see or be interested in. You know, I'm like, I'm (laughs) like, here is. Yeah, but
1: that's not true. That's not true. That I know that's odd for us because, of course, we think that. Like, why would we want to do that? But the younger people do. Like, they do. Like, it's. I think there's like a. I just read something about this. Like, people doing nothing on their stories. Like, they're consumed so much more than Mm -hmm. than you ever would think. So yeah, they, they kind of need to, they like getting to know who you are in addition to what you do. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to build that authenticity, it's, it's, it's important. I mean, it's a great tool if you use it the the right way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can also even, um, not the, in the moment stuff, but you can also automate stuff for your stories too. So like a lot of times I'll do videos that I'll post on my story so that people can, um, kind of it like for my model team and things like that, I'll kind of post videos and you can kind of automate that stuff ahead of time. But the in the moment stuff is, yeah, it's not comfortable. It's it's not super fun at first, but it's not that bad once you get used to it. Well, yeah,
2: well uh, that, that gives me hope because really really uh, <laughs> just to answer your question again, Nathan, is that literally there's, I think there was two times this week, <laughs> I put something on, on, on stories. I'm literally putting it into like, 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 Figure out how to do it, and then I just, I then I like get about ha- like almost like ninety percent there. I'm like, this is dumb. I was, <laughs> and I, and, I, and I just I like delete it. I just it's like I, I I'm yeah. you know yeah. so. Well, so I
0: have yeah. to got long. about fifteen minutes here. Yeah, yeah we, we got, got
3: off me. track. Sorry,
0: sorry. It's, oh, okay. Not <laughs> at all. Um, I, I want to give it a chance to finish the workflow, but I, I want to end this. Just kind of sum this up with a comment, actually, for my son. I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. Um, he and I were having just a quick back and forth, actually through DMs on Instagram. Yeah. He's 17, um, and because I had posted something in my stories, actually about the kind of nonsensical nature, if you will, of this recent uh, world record likes for Instagram yeah. post—the egg, the egg, or, the egg—I egg. saw yeah. that. All right, so so I just made a comment on stories about it, and he responded to it, and we had this quick back and forth. But he's the way that he summed this up, I think, is really interesting to consider, especially Rich with regards to what you're talking about, how serious, like maybe somebody of my age or your age would consider that, that we need to, the amount of consideration that we put into the content that we're putting out there, what yeah. he said um, very specifically was, the humor of my generation is absolutely nonsensical. Um, I don't think it's a huge reflection or anything crazy deep, because I was saying to him, I was like, don't you think what, what we find entertaining is some reflection of our character in some way? You know, mm. like the fact that s- the people spent so much time talking about something so stupid as an egg and basically his point was, it is nonsensical, it is ridiculous, but it's not so deep. We're just having yeah. fun yeah. and we don't need to make a big deal about it. So I think that point is an interesting one to consider when we think about what we're actually putting out there and, and to kind of play in the point that you're making, Renee, which is that we really don't have to make that big of a deal about deal. it. Yeah. Just sharing a little bit about our personal lives. That's all it is. And we don't have to take it too seriously. So mm, exactly. it's a great point of conversation. And I don't want to distract from your workflow thing, but I think it's really interesting. Oh, no, yeah learning opportunity for all of us. Let's get back to what you were talking okay. about, though. Is there, you mentioned these, the magazine and then these PDF yeah. reference forms for right. uh, for for um, clothing, as well as makeup. Mm-hmm. Are these resources that we could potentially link to in our show notes as well?
1: Um, yeah, I can send you some links for you okay. to, to do
0: that. That, that yeah, would be perfect. Sure. Just for yeah. those listening in, I'm sure they're going to be curious because um, Especially if somebody is new to senior photography, putting together these types of resources, they yeah. may have no idea where to start. So having some kind of point of reference would be really huge. Once you've sent that type of material, helping manage the expectation, but also educate the client, what's the mm-hmm. next step then prior to the shoot?
1: Um, so yeah, so then I'll check in with them. You know, usually there's a little bit more communication that happens after I send them that. So like they'll either send me uh, an email back or shoot me a text. Um, you know, okay, we're good, that kind of thing. A lot, most of my clients can get everything they need from from that really in depth email. Every now and then, I'll have some questions, but we also need to talk about like location. So we kind of have a little bit of go back and forth between, like, hey, where do you want to shoot? Here's some examples. And I'll send them a whole bunch of links of different places that I've shot at. And then we kind of go from there. This is usually done via text. Uh, And then we'll talk usually, but then I still have some girls who will literally send me um, texts from, like, you know, as they're shopping. Do you think this is cute? Do you think this is cute? Yeah. And I, I I love it. I'm like, absolutely. That's not going to photograph. Well, that will like that's You know what I mean? Like, I think it's cool. So um, that's just more of like how I just create relationship with them. And you talked about DMs. DMs are huge. DMs are like where the, all the communication happens. So hmm. they'll DM me a lot, too. Um, and I invite them, too. So I keep that all sort of like line of communication open meet. And then um, the day of the shoot, a lot of times, a lot of times. I've never met my, the mom or the daughter until the day that we show up to shoot. Right, right. And, but we already feel like we know each other. We've got a rapport. You know, Everything is just flowing. So we do hair and makeup, and then um, it takes about an hour. And then once when they're getting their hair and makeup done is when I'm kind of going through their clothes to really curate. Because I tell them, have like two or three different options as a backup, and then I'm going to go through everything and kind of let you know, depending on where we shoot, what the location's going to look like, how we're going to go through this and then while they're doing their hair and makeup we're chatting and then i'm going through their clothes and kind of putting together okay this first this second this third that kind of thing um and then we all take off and go to the location so um hmm. the shoot the shoot happens the makeup art my makeup artist comes with me it's usually just me the mom my makeup artist and the senior so wow. usually maybe and with like
0: that much prep ahead of time how much time do you actually spend doing the photography
1: It depends on the session. I have three different types. So, like, one is an hour, one is two hours, one is three hours. So my highest level sessions, like, the true experience. They get, like, basically – because a lot of times I'm driving out to the beach for that one. You know, a lot of my clients want to shoot out of the suburbs where I live. So we go out to the beach or we go somewhere else. So that is – that's more entailed. Um, But it depends. So, yeah, it just depends on the shoot. And each shoot has, like – so my first love – my first – one hour session has like up to three outfits, but it also I also tell them it depends on how fast you change. So you know if you're taking five years to change your clothes, that's going to eat into your time. And same thing that goes into that three hour session. You know a lot of people are like, oh, I want to shoot downtown LA, but I also want the beach. I'm like, we got to choose because right. it's going to take us an hour to get there, and yep. that's part of the time. So okay. you just have to be really clear with your expectations and what mm-hmm. you tell them. I think. Um.
4: We had a Facebook comment from Gretchen Higgins who said, Hi, or asked, she said, um, are your texts about locations with the senior and the mom? Or is yeah. it just with oh, yeah. one?
1: Oh yeah, all my communication is with both because <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, unless the senior is just texting me outfits, then obviously I'm just going to respond to her. But anything that I send out to them is to both because I <laughs> don't know that, dynamic yet. You know what I mean? And I want to make sure mm-hmm. that there's a backup. So, yeah.
2: Is, it, is that through email or are you, because you were saying like most of your, your conversa- yeah. conversation, uh, your, your communication was through DMs. Yeah. Uh, and so through like, you were communicating through, uh, through your seniors with DMs, but you're communicating yeah. with your mom through email. Like, like. Yeah.
1: Like so, the, so the seniors will DM me on Instagram a lot of times. Like they'll ask right. a lot of, a lot of my seniors will DM me about sessions. Hey, you know, I'm interested in a session and then I'll say, okay, great. Shoot me your mom's email and yours and I'll send you information via email. Um, So I always kind of want to, I always want to bring people back to my website first. Mm -hmm. My website's first. Like Instagram is great, but I don't own that. That could go away tomorrow. So I got to make sure that my content, you know what I mean? And that they're on my site, consuming what I want them to and also, you know, getting what they need there. So Mm -hmm. That's where the DMs are great for. But as far as the communication goes, I shoot the the most content, like the most uh, informational content via email. But then, the the right before, like maybe like the text, like two or three you know days before, then I'll send a text to them. Okay. okay. Uh, so that may it's kind of both. Yeah. So that way we have both. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean,
0: you're you're covering your bases there. Yeah. With, with with the the mediums through which you're communicating, as well as the the amount of information that you're giving, which is yeah incredible. Yeah. I, do you create a cutoff at any point? Like, is there a certain time after which you stop responding to DMs or text messages in the evening, just so you have yeah. some
1: space? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Um Yeah, I mean, if I've got a client, and this doesn't happen that often, but it will happen that, I, and it's usually the mom, by the way, and not the <laughs> senior. Yeah. It's usually the mom who's very high anxiety or very controlling. I that will need to contact me every five seconds about yeah. this, that, or the other. No matter yeah. how much information I send her, so that's when you have to set a boundary. And you know, I'm pretty good about that. I, if they text me after a certain time, I just don't answer, and then mm-hmm. I'll loop back in the morning and I'll say, "Oh, sorry. You know what? I I turn my work stuff off at you know yeah. nine o'clock or eight o'clock, whatever it is." Yeah. and so, and they're fine. Once you set that precedent, they're like, "Oh, okay, sorry." You know, but yeah, sometimes you really have to set that precedent.
0: That's good. Sure. That's good. Sure. Okay, so the shoot happens. Um let's we've yeah. got a few minutes left. Let's kind of get to I'll
1: try post, and go quick. Post post
0: shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate to rush you, but I also want no, to everybody here too. Good.
1: Um I can also like kind of type this out. You can put it in your show notes too. Like if people want to, you know what I mean so that, that would be, that be wonderful. And we'll definitely do that. Yeah. Um Yeah. So we have the shoot. Um, I did want to back up just slightly because before the shoot, I've already got, I already have communicated with them via email to ask them um, when we're going to sit down for the ordering session. So I'll send them like a few dates and then we'll get that on the calendar before the shoot actually happens. Okay. So then I, you know, we all know when that's going to happen. So um, that's on the calendar. Then the shoot happens. And then right after the shoot happens, I'll usually have Tyvee send out an automated email I'll say thank you for the shoot. It's so awesome. Um, really appreciated everything. You know, the, the shoot went great. And then I'll I'll hit them up right there with links for reviews um, because it's really fresh in their mind. Like if you had a good time, tell them on Google. You know what I mean? Like if you had a good time, let me know on Facebook um, because they're really coming off of like they're feeling great, and so mm. I want them to if they feel like it, go leave a nice review. Um, and Will then, you send a
0: picture along with that request that they yeah, can share actually, along yeah, with? Thank you.
1: Yes. So okay. what I'll do is I, I usually send out a sneak like immediately within like the first, by that night. See my clients, they're online late, you know, they're studying, they're up late. So yeah. um, I'll usually post that sneak around 10, 11 PM sometimes. Wow. Yeah. It depends on the night. Like Sunday nights are the best um, for me and I think Thursday nights, but usually evenings are just in general better so i'll just throw out you know if i get home earlier i'll do it earlier but sometimes i get home you know i want to spend time with my family and then i'll just i know already which one i'm going to sneak you know because you know oh, as yeah. you're shooting, you know like okay that's the one that's the one that so um i just throw that in do a quick lightroom edit which is where i do most of my editing and we're good so i just post that to uh social media and then yeah i'll include it in the email too so Um, so that's really cool. Um, and then after that we have, um, the ordering session, that's really the other point of contact that I have with them after the session, I touch base with them just to remind them of it. Um, and then we get together for the ordering session. So you said
0: that you were kind of creating expectations from the very beginning as to what that ordering session would be like, Um, would this be categorized as IPS in-person sales? Like you're setting them up in order to sell them that product there in person.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pre-selling. Um, so, you know, by the time they sit down, if they've done their homework, like I've kind of suggested, cause I also have another Instagram highlight that's just albums and it's like okay. tons and tons of albums on there. So, um, they, they already kind of know what things look like. Uh, and so we sit down and we talk about, Okay. So how do you want to archive these images? Hmm. What's going to work best for you? Each of my sessions does have a minimum order. So I already know a starting point to kind of start from. So I've created my pricing to where, you know, each one of my sessions has that, that minimum, but my pricing also is created with that in mind so that I know where to go from there. It's, it's sales. Um, so it's my job to, um, guide them through that process and be in control of that process. So, do you
0: have, do you have a sales background or like this idea of getting into to in person sales? I, it was never something that I did at my business. Yeah, uh, and it was proactively so. But I also all these conversations I'm having with photographers now about IPS, I'm realizing yeah. how much I missed out on too. So. Yeah. Was that something that that you were naturally drawn to, that you plan on implementing right away? Did you do it after the fact? How did you get into that that element of your business?
1: I mean, I've done it from the beginning, but it, all, it always terrified me. Like, that's, it's definitely, I mean, I was never, like, I, t- I had to teach myself all of this business stuff. Like, I did not know any of this when I first started out. So I had to, I kind of threw myself into it. And I knew, I didn't really get, I'm not gonna be honest with you, I didn't really get the hang of this in-person sales thing for a couple of years, like it was yeah. extremely uncomfortable for me. I am mm. not a salesy kind of person, but then I, you know, once I got it, once I realized that, okay, you know what, if I don't actually make money at this, it's just a glorified hobby mm. and I'd rather work at target and spend time with my kids than bust my butt and not make money doing this. So how am I going to do this? And I had to just get my head straight. It's a mindset. And yeah. once I got my mind right on that le- level of it, like, you know what? I, I, I had to get out of my own way. I do deserve to make this. I do deserve to bring that. I am worth it. The thing that I did provide for them is a good service. Then it just clicked. And I love it now. Like I love in-person sales now because I get excited to show them. I get yeah. excited to show them what they could do with these images. I yeah. love walking into my client's house and seeing them displayed. Like that's the best thing ever.
0: So and and you're speaking to something which I think is really interesting to note here. In fact, I was just doing an interview yesterday um, for an upcoming Boca podcast episode around senior photography. But one of the things that they were talking about with regards to IPS was the significance of selling from um, emotion that is tied to personal experience. Absolutely. So the idea that, you know, and the reference that was made had to do with a box of photographs that their mom had uh, from their childhood. And Mm -hmm. thinking about the value of those photographs and then tying that to their effort at sales, it made that process so much easier when you're speaking from personal experience as far as the significance of the photographs go.
1: Right. And also what goes into that is the significance of the actual session, which is why a parent has to come with that senior. And I want that. It's usually the mom, but sometimes it's mom and dad. I want the parents invested in this the entire way. I want them to see how their daughter felt I mm. want them to see how, how, what the experience was like for them. And I want them to be able to talk about it. And when they look at these images, when we're sitting down in that sales session, they yeah. remember, oh, that's right before you almost fell off that rock," or, you know, <laughs> and there's, there's little innuendos that, that are meaningful. They're mm. meaningful. And so for me, it's not just about, oh, let me just sell you this album. It's about, let me sell, you know, let me like sell you this memory of something that you get, you can't get that back. Like that's something that you experienced together, but here, it's going to be archived forever in this. And when you look at it, you're going to think about that
3: Yeah. and
1: yeah. you're just serving them at that point. So I'm all about like, how can I create more service for them and add value? If that makes sense.
0: That totally makes sense. And I, and I like that. I think it's a good way to kind of finish up our conversations, to focus on service again. It's not about us. It's about them and how can I best Always. take care of them? Of course it costs money, but yeah, but, Setting that aside, focusing on the significance and the value that you are Absolutely. adding to their life uh, by bringing these photographs and ultimately the memories associated with them, that's an incredible mindset, I think, to go into it with and, and a great reminder for all of us. I, this is such a loaded topic, and I really hate to cut short. We are going to, for the sake of our listeners and viewers, we'll make sure to, to put the outline yeah. in the show notes. Um, Renee, thanks to you for that. Sure. Uh, and we'll put this, for those of you who are watching live, just remember that the video stream live, remember that this does go out on our podcast. The audio version goes on in our podcast. If you just go to Boca Podcast, bokehpodcast.com, we are in any, really any podcast player that you can think of, you can search for us there as well. But that will go out by 5 or 6 Eastern this evening, Wednesday, January 16th. And, um, and then for those of you who are listening to the audio version now, haven't seen that live video, make sure you come back and watch the video too, in case you want a little bit more of a personal connection, or you just want to see Rich in all his wonder and glory. Uh, make sure that you come back and watch the, uh, the the live stream it is going to be on the Facebook page you can come back and watch it for I'll uh, tell you
3: why people need I, to I, view the video to I see hope, Nathan wearing color that is not black
2: I know I know that is the draw <laughs> I well, I, well I'm, I'm just really upset about it is that y'all can't see my socks because I got, all the, I, got, I, got all these, I got all these cool socks for Christmas and like <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs>
0: Sorry. Well, it, whether you watch <laughs> us on the <video, laughs> show or you listen to the audio, we hope that you'll join us again. And we have to thank Renee. Renee, thank you so much yes, for, thank you, Renee. for making time to join us today um, to, yeah, exactly. to put up with our attempt at humor and um, and ultimately for adding value to our listeners and viewers yeah. as well. Really of course.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me guys.
0: All right. Everybody have a wonderful Wednesday. Make sure you look for the audio version of this later on today. We'll have the show notes at book um, by about 6 Eastern, have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.